Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace Embrace You First, First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Today, we are looking at PCOS because it's PCOS Awareness Month, the month of September. And although you may listen or watch this podcast any old time of year, just know that PCOS, people are dealing with it every single day. And maybe some of you don't even know you have it. So we are so honored to have Dr. Laura Shaheen with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So uh, to, before we get into the meat of our topic, um, let's just share with everyone who you are. And I had the pleasure of meeting you several times now. The very first time was actually at the Integrated Fertility Symposium. I don't know if you recall this. Absolutely. <laughs> and you were speaking and I was very excited to hear you speak. And I loved how you were so open-minded in terms of integrating Eastern, Western, holistic types of practices just to help a person uh, called our patients, right? And uh, your specialty is in the realm of fertility because you are a reproductive endocrinologist and an OBGYN, is that right? OBGYN right. as well, yes. And you are at the Pacific Northwest Fertility Center in Seattle. So, so thrilled to have you. And although you guys are hearing this first being aired on a Tuesday, I have to tell you that us moms are taking time out of our Sunday because we're committed (laughs) to help you. (laughs) We are that committed, yes. Yeah, so thank you, thank you. And passionate about polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS Awareness Month. And... uh, Dr. Laura Shaheen is also author of two books. Yes, which I read. Uh, mm-hmm. One is called Not Broken. And in fact, uh, for those that want to look at it later, you can go onto my YouTube channel because I had originally interviewed you on Facebook Live, but now we uploaded it onto YouTube. So it just lives here forever, which is so awesome. <laughs> and so it is, uh, the post is number 53, for your book, Not Broken. Mm -hmm. And it's under my Fertility Talks uh, YouTube uh, videos, but it's under my name, which is Meet, sorry, at Meet Mary Wong. So check that out. Okay. And I also interviewed you a second time, which is post number 93, for those of you who are interested and actually in the world of trying to conceive, we spoke about alcohol and marijuana and its effect on fertility. Mm, Fun. Mm-hmm. It's a fun talk. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> and now we're talking about PCOS. Yes. And we just really wanted to shed light and bring hope to this condition because I feel like a lot of people get diagnosed with it and, or maybe don't get diagnosed with it. So maybe we should actually talk about that. Um, even what is PCOS? Can you shed light on what it is and when you find that patients often get diagnosed? Yeah, absolutely. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's a very common hormonal disorder. It impacts one in 10 reproductive age women. It might be even higher than that because so many people go undiagnosed. But it's, um, it's a, a really a spectrum and collection of signs and symptoms. But traditionally, it's associated with irregular ovulation that leads to irregular and unpredictable menstrual cycles. Um, extra androgens or high male hormones that can lead to acne, um, extra hair growth, kind of an essential portion of the body, or even hair loss. So think about like male pattern hair um, findings. And then also can be associated with lots and lots of follicles or little, you know, fluid collections that hold eggs on an ultrasound. And so that's where it gets the name polycystic ovarian syndrome even though I think we should change the name because you hear the word cyst and it 
um, makes us worried. You know, we think of cyst as being something bad. Yeah. So I think we should call it polyfollicle syndrome or poly yeah. egg syndrome. Totally agree. <laughs> and I, I saw your posts on social media. And by the way, if you don't know who Dr. Laura Shaheen is, seriously, you got to follow her. She's awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's, it's speak to that. And I 100% agree with you. I really don't like it. It kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth when it says polycystic and polyfollicular just sounds more friendly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right? Yes. So um, I don't know about your personal reproductive history, but um, I think it would be really lovely to have you speak to this because sure. you have PCOS, right? Yeah. So I was um, diagnosed late in the game because I didn't fit the classic picture of PCOS, uh, which is often uh, people have this image of overweight and because of the insulin resistance and people experiencing, you know, hairs on your chin, although I do have them. Um, I don't necessarily need laser for them. And, uh, but I did have cystic acne and irregular menstrual cycles. And um, I went through an eight year journey of trying to conceive and uh, complete our family. And uh, in that journey, I guess in the beginning of it, discovered that I have it. And so often I find that women will either discover they have PCOS um, through their facial hair or their cystic acne combined with the irregular menstrual cycles, or perhaps more commonly, they'll discover it when they're trying to reproduce or to, to conceive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went on this journey and had two IVFs. The first one resulted in a healthy boy, which I have, and he's older now. And then our daughter, we conceived on the waiting for the transfer. It was Christmas time. And, I, and so it was a nice little pleasant New Year's <laughs> January. It's like, what? I missed my cycle again. I was actually really disappointed. I'm like, where is my cycle? I want to do this transfer. Turns out that I was pregnant. And yeah, oh. so it was just like an amazing feeling after five miscarriages and eight years oh. of trying to finish everything and uh, like just finish the family and just move on. And, uh, but amazing. Um, and I always, I, I love the fact that in your book, you kind of bridge the Eastern and the Western together because as a naturopathic doctor, I was just so resistant to get any help um, mm -hmm. beyond natural health care. I thought I can mm -hmm. do this, but three years after not conceiving, I thought, okay, it's time to stop being a hero. And I want to make sure that we give that message that, you know, you don't have to be a hero. It's okay to combine the two. In mm -hmm. fact, thank God for IVF. <laughs> like, right. So, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I guess that's kind of my story. So and... then let, let's address that then because mm -hmm not all women know that they have PCOS. So I'd be interested mm -hmm. to know, like what percentage of the women that you see that have PCOS are actually um, diagnosed by you? Like people walk around, they don't know that they have PCOS, right? Mm -hmm. a lot yeah. Of them. yeah, I think a really um, very typical story is someone who is having irregular periods at a young age, you know, late teens, early 20s, and they go to the doctor to sort of say, why am I having irregular periods? And very typically a doctor will just put them on birth control pills, yes. you know, because that will fix the problem. And mm -hmm. it makes the periods regular. Um, birth control pills also even out the hormones. So people will stop getting acne um, and often the hair, uh, chin hair and things will get lighter or go away. So it's sort of, we're definitely taught in Western medicine that if somebody has PCOS just, and they're not trying to conceive, just put them on birth control pills. Cause it's, you know, that's all they need. Um, it's definitely more complicated than that, but that's kind of what we were taught back in the dark ages when I went to medical school. Yeah. Um, so a lot of women, and, and they might not even get that explanation. Um, it really right. depends on the doctor. A lot of doctors are really not well versed or understand PCOS. Um, including me. It's something I've really had to teach myself sort of later in my career. And so then they'll go off the birth control pills in order to try to conceive and get very frustrated that they're having mm -hmm. irregular cycles. You know, they often say to me, oh, well, I've always had regular cycles. Um, and then I say, but yeah, but you were on the birth control pills. And a, a lot of women don't connect the two and kind of understand that by taking the hormones and the birth control pills, you're you're building up a lining in the uterus and shedding it. It's not your own hormones that are communicating to make you have periods when you're taking birth control pills. So they go off the pills, 
they're having irregular cycles, they're not conceiving, they're often convinced that it's the birth control pills that messed up their fertility, you know, and just kind of it takes sort of putting a lot of things together to help come to the diagnosis and help them try to conceive. Right. It would yeah. be really nice to have that conversation early. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, to have that conversation when you get prescribed the birth control pill for sure. So I love that you bring that up rather than, you know, it, it just even explaining what are some lifestyle tools that you can apply to your life, perhaps while you go on the birth control pill for a few years so that when you come off, you know, you're in a better place, you're in a better, better spot for sure. So on that note, mm -hmm. do you um, advise certain lifestyle and dietary changes for your PCOS patients? Yes, I, um, you know, when they come to me, they're trying to conceive. And if they're not ovulating regularly, we're trying to get them to ovulate. And I have a really, you know, open discussion like, hey, I can get you to ovulate with pills like Clomid or Letrozole or the brand name is Fermara. Um, but you could also try to focus on some lifestyle changes, um, just focusing on being healthy, you know, thinking about the food that they're eating, um, trying to decrease the amount of, you know, high glycemic carbohydrates. Um, I do talk about losing weight if people are um, overweight, but I try not to really laser focus them on that because it's, um, there's a, it's a lot of a, emotional uh, things that are tied into weight. And oftentimes people have been told that their whole life. Yeah. And so yeah. there are actually studies that show that women with PCOS, if they do um, regular exercise, at least 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week, without seeing a number change on the scale, they'll actually have better insulin use in their body and actually can sometimes start, you know, regulating their cycles just mm -hmm. with regular exercise, yes. mm -hmm. good diet, sleeping well, managing stress. But I also say, you know, like you said, Tanya, like try that for, you know, six months, eight months, work with an acupuncturist or a naturopath that might be able to guide you better. It's not really my area of specialty. Work with a nutritionist that focuses on PCOS. And if you aren't pregnant, you know, come back and we can do some simple things. I'm not saying that, you know, we can't help. Um, and Oftentimes, by the time people get to a reproductive endocrinologist like me, they've been trying for a while and they're like, okay, I will do the lifestyle stuff, but just, you know, get me to ovulate, <laughs> give me the pills. Right. So. I always joke around with my patients who come in and they get diagnosed and I say, why would you want to squash your libido and go on the oral contraceptive pill? Let's regulate you, fix your acne, you know, get your acne under control, <laughs> improve all the symptoms, get you regularly ovulating and just embrace you as a woman with PCOS. I mean, I know it doesn't go both, it's, it's both ways, you know, some women will suffer with a low libido, but you know, there are certain positive spins on, I guess, every condition. So it's just really important. I think the conversation to have, um, you know, the birth control pills, not the be all end all, and that there's so much that you can do, like you said, nutrition and exercise. Mm -hmm. um, we even talk about in our when um, to eat or when to nourish, the intermittent fasting is really, really helpful, especially when there's women who are overweight with PCOS. And, you know, it, it, like you said, you don't have to achieve this big weight loss if you are overweight. It's just doing the tools, applying the tools to your life that actually will improve your metabolic parameters and insulin resistance. And it's just, you know, and then 5%, I think is the stat, 5% of a weight loss will sometimes, you know, create ovulation and a healthy pregnancy. That's so right. it's just really mm -hmm. trying to inspire hope that also, what's the stat? Do you know what the stat is in terms of women with PCOS who actually do experience subfertility? Because I think a lot of people assume it's like, a, a, you know, they, they have PCOS and now they're doomed to struggle. Oh my gosh. And so many people are told that when they're teenagers, you know, yes. they might get the diagnosis and then they're told, you know, you're not, I mean, people reach out to me on social media saying, I was told I'd never have a baby because I have PCOS. So ridiculous. And I just yes. want to pull my hair out because yeah. it's just absolutely not the case. Um, exactly. And there's so many tools that can help people or just like you, you know, you conceived naturally, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just because you have PCOS, it doesn't mean that you can't conceive. Um, no. It might take longer, especially if you're not ovulating on a regular basis. If you only have, you know, three to four ovulations in a year, that it could take a lot, a lot longer. You know, so there's things that can help. Um, 
one one thing is I often give resources. I don't know what resources you guys use, but I really like um, two books. One is Fiona McCullough's book. Yes, to yes. Your she's my bestie. I love her. Oh, <laughs> I recommend yeah. her book all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah she's I learned great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so much from that book. Yeah, I learned yes. so, so much um, more than I did in medical school. Oh, and amazing! Then, um, and so wait, let's 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 tell everybody that. Fiona McCullough is also a naturopathic doctor, so not yes. Western medical doctor. So I love hearing that as a physician, yeah. you learn through a naturopathic doctor. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Awesome is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't ever stop learning. No, me. 100%. Um, yeah. And especially just, um, I, I do believe that there is so much to the lifestyle changes and how you eat and the educating yourself about it is so much better than just like getting a handout from a doctor's office. It's like, okay, stop eating white rice. Absolutely. So much more than that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so uh, we'll, we will be interviewing Dr. Fiona McCullough in our future episode for sure. I will watch that for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and share with everybody. And you know, the conversation's going to be beyond fertility because as you know, PCOS is not just within the fertile years or just, you know, having difficulty, yeah, reproductive reproduction Mm -hmm. and there can be ongoing things, um, other health challenges, right? Like, you know, higher risk of, um, diabetes, Mm -hmm. heart Heart disease, disease. stroke, all of that. Right. So I loved your TikTok on that. It's not, (laughs) (laughs) it is not just a reproductive problem. It is an endocrinological problem that persists beyond the fertility years and into menopause. And some women you were saying actually today, tell me, tell us, you know, when that one patient who had three patients and she said, I mean, three children, I should say. Right. Right. And then discovered. Yes. So she, she had three children, no problem. And only this year, in fact, like when I spoke to her, it's like within that month, she found out in her forties, late forties that she had PCOS and she's flabbergasted and she doesn't know what to do with it because Mm -hmm. she has other health issues. So she does have now um, type two diabetes. She does have joint pain and aches and all that. And so it's like, no, guess what? There, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. Learn about whatever you have, and then take charge of your body with knowledge. Right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like this. Yeah. And what was yeah. the book that you had mentioned? Sorry, I, you had the said second book. Oh yeah, two. So um, and then the other resource. Um, I I like the um, Hillary Wright's book. It's called PCOS Diet, and then there's. Nice. A, it explains a little bit more after that. Um, I know the word diet is a trigger word for people. So yes. I just want to make sure, you know, it's not actually telling you to diet or lose weight. It's just like Fiona's book and that um, it's a lot of explanation, mm-hmm. but then the second half of the book, you know, really does have recipes and sort of meal plans and things like that, that I thought were helpful. So they kind of, um, um, she's a nutritionist and Fiona is a naturopath. So I like the two books kind of looking at it from two right. different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I love that. We'll include it in our show notes so that yeah. when you, um, after you hear this, you can just jump onto our website. So, which is embraceyoufirst.com and we'll have it all there for you. Did you read the study? Yes. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you read the study that um, I, I just have it in my head and I just want to throw it out there that, that a few years back that showed that with age, uh, PCOS can kind of regulate itself a little bit. It gets a little bit better. Cycles start to regulate on their own. Again, just trying to inspire hope for patients so that although there are these risks, if you're following all the lifestyle tools and just with age that it can get better. Did you read that? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. And that I see that with my own patients, Mm -hmm. people who say, you know, at different stages in life, um, my symptoms wax and wane, you know, that at some stages I'm having a year or two of completely regular cycles and my acne clears up and then I'll have, you know, a year of just really strong symptoms. And if you really have them keep a journal and kind of think through things, you'll see that very often it's when they've gained, you know, five to 10% of their body weight that the symptoms come back really Mm -hmm. strongly, or they do change their diet, you know, get a little bit more relaxed and enjoying the, you know, ice cream and white rice and they'll see. Yeah. And so I think it's just really, it's such a frustrating thing because, you know, so many people with PCOS are like, I just want my body to work. Like, I just want, you know, to have regular cycles like my other girlfriends and it's sort of frustrating. Um, But I think everybody should be focused on being healthy and, 
you know, the things that are recommended, eating whole foods, avoiding processed foods, these are all things that can really help us all. You know, I don't yeah, think it has indeed. to, I don't want people with PCOS to feel like they're carrying around this huge burden, you know, that if they didn't have PCOS, they wouldn't have to pay so much attention to their diet or weight. I, I, I'd like it to be more of a empowering thing and learning that if you can focus on health at a younger age, maybe you're younger and you're trying to focus on ovulating, but that will decrease your risk of heart disease, type two diabetes and more. Yes as you age. Yes. I would like for that. I try to focus on that too. I love like, Oh, you got you... this diagnosis early. Yes. So, yes. You know, yes, it sucks, but you know, let's think about the long-term implication. I'm so glad we found this out now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like to use it as a red flag and educate my patients too. It's like a nice red flag to keep you in line and you'll be healthier just because you caught it early, you know, or even no matter where you catch it. Just that, that flipping the positive spin. It's like a red flag to keep you in line. So Mm -hmm. I, I want to just add in there, you know, when we're talking about the lifestyle and dietary piece, right? So there's also the mindset and the emotional piece, because mm -hmm. oftentimes we may stop exercising and we may mm -hmm. not eat as well if we're emotionally distraught. Mm -hmm. And certainly, you know, in the days of pandemic right now, it may mm -hmm. exacerbate this kind of mm -hmm. issue. So we want to be mindful of that piece as well, right? Yeah. What are some Absolutely. things that you tell patients, for example, if they are going on an IVF journey or going, struggling through fertility, are there any strategies that you kind of can give them or guidance in terms of how to flip a positive spin on it? Let's say they have an unsuccessful IVF. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I said was I decluttered my eggs because when I had an unsuccessful one, I was like, well, I just decluttered the unhealthy ones. And I'm getting... I'm getting some tips here. I can yeah. hear myself now saying that. Um, yeah. I didn't I mean, want to think it, didn't want to make it look like it was like a waste. Cause I was like, okay, well, what was mm -hmm. the purpose of that second IVF? I had a bunch of miscarriages with the transfers and then got pregnant naturally. But then I was like, well, it decluttered and made space for this golden one, you know? And yes, yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. Um, I really do. Um, I love that you guys are touching on the emotional aspect. Um, you know, in the fertility journey and just PCOS in general, there's a higher risk of anxiety and depression. And mm -hmm. it's hard to tease apart. Is that a hormonal thing or is it a frustration with their body not working like everybody else's? And, um, and so if you combine PCOS and fertility and an IVF journey, and, you know, this, these things can really build and, um, there's already so much, um, shame and guilt, unfortunately, still in the infertility world and doing IVF. I'm so glad that people are talking about it more yes. and even talking about PCOS more so people don't feel so alone. And so I, I really do pay attention to the mental and emotional impact. I kind of tell my patients, you know, IVF is, is one tool. Um, I can help with that, but we really need to think about how you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't become a martyr in this process. Don't remove everything that brings you joy, you know, and, um, you know, in Jill Blakeway's book, um, she talks about that one Chinese proverb that says, you know, perfection is 80%. Mm -hmm. So if you can follow this great diet, you know, and exercise 80% of the time, you're winning, you know, that's perfection. So have that ice cream every once in a while, have that glass of wine every once in a while. Um, you know, don't lose yourself in this process because right. people lose themselves They're They lose relationships. Um, you know, if you don't take care of yourself along the journey, it can be long lasting implications. You know, thank you so much for addressing this because it is so important. And then my little add in for that 20% where you succumb to chips or ice cream or whatever your vice is, the thing is, please, when you do that, don't then uh, become or feel guilty or have shame around doing it, right? Great point. So, because otherwise then that doesn't help you anyway, Yeah. right? You can just get yeah. right back on track the next day. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> and it's okay to just enjoy it in the moment exactly. and not think that it's a bad thing that you did it. Just you did it and you enjoyed it and let go of it and mm -hmm. that's it. And then you can have it again okay. another time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's okay because yeah, we don't want to be perfect. And, and the funniest is, 
you know, uh, being a highly accomplished type A, everything gets done, you know, 90% high school average kind of gal over here who thought everything, like I just do, I put my effort in and then it happens. And then I encounter subfertility and think, huh, I guess it doesn't work that way where you put your 100% in and then you Ooh. get the output. So yeah. it's so important on the journey just to, like you said, I love that you say that just to not totally um, like emerge in it and forget life. And I was guilty of that. I would go to the IVF clinic with a hat on and shades and like, you know, hiding and uh, not wanting my, and actually I remember sitting right across from a patient thinking, mm. wow, you know, this is interesting. And she was staring right at me. <laughs> my shades and hat. No, but I did tell her after, cause I thought maybe she was just being respectful. And I said, you know, I was in the clinic the other day and I like kind of shared some of my story with her and she goes, I didn't even see you, but thank you for sharing. That just makes oh, me feel more connected because yes. I was just going through this like embarrassing, like how come I can help other people, but I can't help mm -hmm. myself. So yeah. but that's your own personal judgment. That was my right? own personal judgment. Oh, I love yes. that you're bringing this up because so here's the other thing. People hide out. Yes. So I think, and, and, you know, you raise this too. It's like, no, it's actually time to share and connect and have community around it. Yeah. Hence mm -hmm. there is the whole PCOS awareness challenge, challenge yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we interview PCOS girls. So for those who haven't watched that, um, that is, we did a Podcast. podcast on PMS mm -hmm. and how it's actually worse with PCOS. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. PMS and it's real. Yes. And it's, real. And, it's <laughs> and it's worse with PCOS. <laughs> so a lot of women experience that. So that's coming out soon. Um, yeah. So just the, the concept of um, really not letting go and even in relationships, I always encourage patients to um, as women, just don't forget to orgasm, you know, and, 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 and have intimacy outside of trying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super yes. important. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that people ask me a lot, and I'd love to get your input on it too, is um, how do they find a doctor or somebody to care for them for PCOS? Um, and people ask me this a lot on social media too. And um, even though I'm a reproductive endocrinologist and I diagnose PCOS a lot, most fertility doctors really help people build their family, you know, get pregnant, and then they don't care for people long-term. Like that's yeah. just not yeah. built into my practice. Right. And, um, you know, there are very few primary care doctors, um, OBGYNs, uh, people that kind of really care for PCOS long-term. And our you know, area, there are a couple of endocrinologists. So I'm a reproductive endocrinologist. I focus on IVF and fertility, um, but endocrinologists are sometimes really helpful. And I'm just curious, or, and I even, I do re refer to naturopaths in the area that have a real perfect um, area yes. interest because I feel like there's more long-term care and it doesn't usually come from the fertility doctor. Right. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. And I, I do believe that um, naturopathic doctors are really great. Chinese medicine practitioners are also great at that. We look at the body in a slightly different way. But, mm -hmm. you know, so for example, I'll just give you an example in terms of acupuncture, even with regards to um, trying to help with regulating the menstrual cycle. You know, when we're increasing blood volume to the ovaries, sometimes that in of itself can help regulate the cycle. I witness it, right? And reducing cortisol and stress yes. hormones. Yes, which also, it, you know, mm -hmm. aggravates the, the condition. The whole, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mm -hmm. cycles were always the longest when I was stressed, for sure. Delayed ovulation. I feel like just getting a team around, like, so, so mm -hmm. having a team of people to help you, even, no matter even if you have PCOS or not, yes, um, it's always nice to yeah. any condition just to have yeah. a team of people, like to have a naturopathic doctor is huge, especially if they're using uh, lifestyle medicine, you know, the evidence-based lifestyle medicine. So nutrition, exercise, sleep as the foundation and, and mindfulness. Um, and then secondary to that, um, you know, so I'm going to jump in so, and I'm not going to say secondary to that because I'm in a Chinese. No, I mean, now. secondary to that, like supplementation, but with, uh, I just meant in terms of <laughs> as a naturopathic <laughs> doctor, I just mean secondary to, um, 
ideally find a naturopathic doctor who really knows about PCOS and the, the impact that lifestyle yes, medicine okay. has on it, but also have your whole team of traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, massage therapist, you know, just people in your, and on your side. And of course, and yes. that's, yes, endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. And then of course, reproductive mm -hmm. uh, endocrinologist, mm -hmm. if you need one. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. great. I just want women to hear that when they um, listen to this, because I think so many of the times people, women might ask the one doctor that's in front of them and they're like, you know, I don't know, you know, and then mm -hmm. they won't, women don't have the knowledge that there are people out there that can help. So I just want, I just want to make sure that they know that just because one doctor says, I can't really help you. It doesn't mean that there aren't others out there, right. you know. Even and nutritionists, oh, sorry, yes. mm -hmm. nutritionists are awesome, right? So what, the totally. ones that specialize in PCOS. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, so just to educate a lot mm -hmm. of people out there, depending on the, the jurisdiction, there are actually a lot of qualified people that will, they'll, they may say special interest in, because in fact, we're not allowed, like here, we're, I'm not allowed to say I specialize in fertility or I specialize in PCOS. Like we're just not allowed to say that. Special interest in. So we can't say that we specialize in it, but we can say that mm -hmm. we have a special interest in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. And so not, but not all naturopathic doctors and not all TCM practitioners do this. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're where, where, whatever jurisdiction you're in, you want to check out who actually is well-versed in it and looks at the research and mm -hmm. sees many people that has this condition, right? That can guide yeah. you fully. Absolutely. Right. And the other point is actually um, women with PCOS who never will have a regular menstrual cycle can still get pregnant with or without uh, reproductive endocrinology. I actually find right. that women who, in my clinical practice, who are the ones, and I, and I mean, I don't know if you see this, Dr. Laura, but if, if um, when they are not ovulating at all, that once they do, they're the ones who get pregnant more easily versus the regularly irregular yes. cyclers. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you see yeah. that. I don't know if it's just a yeah. kind of a N of one or N of you know, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> or, well, I, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out sort of why, you know, I mean, for the people that aren't ovulating at all, you mm -hmm. know, you're really fixing that issue. And mm -hmm. so yes. there you go, Better you're getting pregnant, but for yeah. people who are intermittently ovulating, there mm -hmm. might be something else that right. you need to address. That's the right. way I would think of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I think we actually want to address one thing because you are a fertility doctor and if you are in the place of doing IVF or even IUI, insemination versus in vitro fertilization for those who, you, who do not know the lingo, um, there may be higher risks of ovarian hyperstimulation, right? Mm -hmm. Should we cover that? Just because we oh, have sure. thing, right? So yeah. explain what that is and um, what one can do about it and maybe some myths around it. And I can share yeah. my story with it. Oh, oh. there you go. Okay. <laughs> more stories. More, more stories. stories. Oh. I'm full of stories. I'm really healthy. <laughs> oh, I just great. like to over, I just like to be perfect, you know, and overdo everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's, it helps to share your story because then people feel less alone. So it's mm -hmm. really great that you're doing that. Um, so because there's so many follicles that are up for grabs in PCOS, polyfollicle syndrome that we have now renamed it during this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, when you go to stimulate the ovaries, say for IVF, you know, one of the uh, best things about IVF is you are trying to get more than one egg out of the body because not every egg is perfect. Um, typically someone without PCOS might have on average 10 to 15 eggs that are up for grabs each month. And so you would get that many eggs in that one IVF cycle. People with PCOS can have 20, 30, maybe even more at some point. And so as a um, IVF doctor, if I know that somebody has this many eggs that are up for grabs, I really tailor the protocol. And I, you know, my goal is to not get, you know, 20, 30, 40 eggs. My goal is to focus on, you know, quality eggs and, you know, hopefully less than 20, but sometimes you just do everything that you can do. Um, watch them very closely. They do not need as much medication. Like the dose should be significantly lower. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest trigger of ovarian hyperstimulation or OHSS is often the trigger shot in IVF, which is the final shot that helps the final maturation of the eggs and allows them to come easily when you're doing the simple egg retrieval. Um, and H, 
CG is the traditional trigger shot, but that um, increases your risk of OHSS and so ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. So very often we'll use a different trigger in someone that's at risk. We'll use Lupron mm -hmm. to help their own body release the trigger hormone from their pituitary gland and that will decrease the risk of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. So it's, um, it really is planning ahead and knowing that that person's at risk, changing the protocol, using a low dose of medication, monitoring them closely, and really you know, helping them through the process because people with PCOS are at higher risk. Yes. yes. So then let's actually address to exactly what the symptoms are. So since you actually had it, why don't mm -hmm. you tell us what you experienced? So Tanya. I experienced, <laughs> um, actually, just before I jump into that, I just want to say that if you end, you come to this place where you need IVF, what I'd like to say to patients is that it really just helps narrow down your window of trying of let's say 12 months or 24 months, because it's 24 follicles or 12 follicles anywhere somewhere in between something a little healthier, maybe not too many, but it narrows down your window of trying um, over one or two year process into one go. Um, and just so that just kind of a bigger picture, like why IVF? And often a lot of those eggs, unfortunately, aren't the best quality with PCOS. So you're trying to really improve your chances and not keep, you know, having that uh, sad, I guess you could call it failure every month when you're not getting pregnant. So now onto the OHSS. So what I experienced was um, I, I filled up with fluid um, to the point of I experienced moderate OHSS. I, I could say that it felt severe <laughs> um, because mm -hmm. it, I filled up and I felt like couldn't breathe. And so I sat up for a night. Um, I, was, I looked six months pregnant and uh, apparently the severe version, you can, you know, experience, um, uh, I guess, kidney issues and such, but I didn't go there. And my fertility doctor was amazing in uh, coming in as an emergency and then draining the fluids off of me. It was like a one, one and a half liters over a two day process. Um, and she's, she was joking with me. She's just like, yeah, you just, your body just likes to do everything over the top. Like, you, you know, it's just <laughs> like, and it's true. Like, I'm just one of those people who loves to do my type A. Um, and, and it helped me realize that, um, wow, the, the, the severe consequences, but it's such a low percentage chance that this, something like this can happen. It's like the, you could, it's like winning the lottery basically. Um, and I had overstimulated to the point, I think I had produced 30 eggs and, mm -hmm. it, but she used the same dose as I had used for my first IVF. So mm. it wasn't, you know, it, you just would, I, for some reason, I guess maybe having had a pregnancy previous, maybe mm -hmm. made me more responsive and sensitive to the medications. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then I drained the fluids a couple of days in a row and I was also pregnant with twins. So I think the high mm -hmm. HCG, just like, you know how you were saying that the HCG trigger shot is kind of what triggers it. I had done a fresh transfer and I think that extra HCG just kind of pummeled things forward. So yeah, it was pretty pretty, <laughs> you're looking at me yeah. like, oh my goodness. Well, no, so but, I just yeah. want to address this then. So mm -hmm. you were at a time when they were doing fresh transfers. Yes, they were. So now they don't, they don't. do that. Like, no. so, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're freaking out. Yes, don't freak out. <laughs> watching this, just say, oh, the procedures are different now. Yes. So there's less chance. Because exactly. listen, I, I had a patient, this is going back, mm -hmm. you know, over a decade and mm -hmm. she did have severe and, yes. you know, that's, it's like, barely 5% of the population that get this, but she mm -hmm. was at a point where she was pregnant carrying and her life was at risk because mm -hmm. she, her kidneys started shutting down mm -hmm. and she was getting fluid mm -hmm. in the lungs. Mm -hmm. But you know, that does not happen Just now. Just the fact okay? that you're hearing this story mm -hmm. means you won't experience it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we, we it's are like the like, plane crashed. Yeah. You're not going to ever yeah. get on You heard that story. It's not going to happen to you. Yeah. So it's, it's good to be aware of it, but it's, it's not something that will happen because the chances are so low. We don't do, tr you know, transfers uh, fresh anymore, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And especially if you see that many follicles that have matured. So right. that's right. right. Yeah. Because you were pregnant, but your body was still seeing the HCG that, that the trigger shot that I was talking about. That's and right. so your body wasn't able to recover and your follicles just kind of kept making that that fluid. Yeah. The way that I drank a lot of sodium and that really helped. Mm -hmm. Um, so like yeah. V8 and eight pickles because apparently when you have, and actually that's something you can do, even if you're like, there's no fresh transfers and you're just trying to avoid any consequences from the trigger shot. 
um, and let's say you do produce and get a lot of follicles and get those retrieved, you can just consume, um, you know, excess pickles or lots of pickles and, right. and uh, not a nice healthier version of Gatorade, coconut water. <laughs> so, so this so. is where I'm going to interject and add in. I, we did a post, you yeah. and I, on Fertility Talks about McDonald's French fries. Oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> I don't know about you, Dr. Shaheen, but right. I have on several occasions, it's like, so what's the deal? Do I have McDonald's after <laughs> my transfer? I'm like, what? Yeah. And so really, do you, have you had that? Have you had patients ask you this? Oh, yes. Yeah. It is just, it's in the <laughs> chat rooms and it's on social media <laughs> and I, I really don't get it. Um, I think it's the French well, fries were salty. It's the salt. It's, it's the, the salt. salt. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but it's not appropriate for like most of the people. And mm -hmm. especially now that we're doing not necessary, it's not necessary, especially because we're doing frozen transfers, yes. but we did do a post on this to debunk that myth. Okay. So watch yes. that on fertility <laughs> talks. I don't know what number it is, but I think it's just important. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is a good thing to <laughs> share. Everybody's sure. like, Oh, great. I'm going to get pregnant because I'm going to eat more junk food. Right. <laughs> yes. And it's, it got oh. kind of, I got us along the line in the, um, the message got twisted. So I think people thought, yes. oh, French fries are good. McDonald's French fries are good for my fertility. And that is not the case. No. Yes. And, and then they actually moved on and said just McDonald's, period. Oh, and I'm like, I got Whoa. even that. Okay. Yes. So good <laughs> thing to bunk for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice to laugh too, right? Like, you know, get to go from something serious to something. Oh, fun. yeah, totally. For sure. <laughs> so I want to add uh, in. So you're talking about, Dr. Shaheen, uh, how the goal is actually not to like increase the quantity to like an insane amount because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. really the goal is about quality, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So at, in your clinic, it is still more about the numbers game. So you don't want to have so much that you mm -hmm. have sub quality, but mm -hmm. then, uh, uh, you know, we want to address and add in our perspective of, well, then how can we help and augment mm -hmm. this quality? Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe we address how, follicular genesis, meaning the development of an egg is not just, you know, from day three of your menstrual cycle to when you do that Lupron or mm -hmm. HCG shot, it actually starts way before. So we mm -hmm. want to in inject nutrition and oxygenation, mm -hmm. what I call juiciness to the egg, yes. right? Oh, I like that. Yes. I like that term. Mm -hmm. You can borrow it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so there's lots of things that we can do and but which we already spoke about, which is, you know, in terms of how we eat and in terms of movement and um, what we do, like with um, even Chinese herbal medicine or acupuncture, there's our vegan abdominal massage. Mm -hmm. There's people that do, you know, certain kinds of chiropractic techniques, um, osteopathy. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many different directions and there's no one right way and it's just one right for you. Yeah. Right? I think it's just making sure that all the lifestyle medicine is in there and you're just getting enough rest and getting enough sleep mm -hmm. for melatonin for follicular genesis, which just means your follicles are developing properly, exercising because the kind of the, the background reason for PCOS or we think, we don't really know the cause, but one of the driving forces is insulin resistance. So it's why I think it's like... Um, 50% of women by the age of 40, when they have PCOS, may develop uh, type 2 diabetes. So when you kind of, as you were mentioning, eat light, low glycemic index foods and follow nutrition that's non-refined or eat foods that are non-refined, you're actually improving your egg quality by doing that. And, yes. uh, you know, so getting enough rest, eating the healthy foods, um, and then just working on the mindfulness aspect and understanding your condition and, you know, and teaming up with other people or, or make, making friends with uh, you know, other friends who have PCOS so you can joke around about it and find out what's working for them, their strategies, and then finding the healthcare team that can help support you for sure. And exercise has been my sanity, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. through the whole process of PCOS in my life. So find your, you know, um, you know, the things that really impact you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great summary. It's perfect. I love that, um, that you guys are pulling all of this together. I'm so glad that people can find this resource. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, and mm -hmm. thank you, you know, so much for coming on. Oh, I know. Sharing. We're so thrilled so again, important. like on a Sunday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our kids are like being quiet somewhere. Yeah. And that, this it's is where really we well. actually stick them in front of a TV. Yeah. And because and, and <laughs> we, we like, we're like, no to technology, but this is the time. It's okay. <laughs> This is an important conversation, it damn is. it. Yes. <laughs> right. So, yeah. great. 
Thank you so much. Is there any other words of wisdom, like last words for people that have PCOS that are going through yeah. life in general? Well, we've said so much, but I think um, I really appreciate the empowering message that you guys are bringing out, like learning about your body and understanding and finding that team and, you know, reading resources. And um, I really do believe that women with PCOS need to be advocates for their own care because it's not black and white and everybody's symptoms are a little bit different. And um, so finding that team that can really tailor the nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, sleep habits, you know, kind of to you is really, really helpful. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Good point. Mm -hmm. And so when you're speaking about resources, I'm just going to add in PCOS girl, G-U-R-L. She's a great person to follow on Instagram. And PCOS challenge. And PCOS challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for those of you. And if you, if you feel like donating, they're always needing extra support in that way financially or just your time. Um, They're always looking for PCOS advocates to help out for sure, just to bring awareness. And they're doing very important Uh, messaging to the government to just bring awareness and PCOS challenge actually had uh, teal be the color as of (laughs) um, a a couple of years ago as as an association with PCOS. So that's we're wearing the color. Yes. Trying to. Mm -hmm. And so much more. So yes. Okay. So before we close off, let's talk about, well, not talk about, we have a question for you because this whole podcast is about embracing you first right it's like stop stop sacrificing for everyone else because that can also be a great excuse for not doing the dietary stuff not doing the Mm -hmm. lifestyle stuff because we don't have time so Mm -hmm. for you yourself i'd love to hear what do you do to fill your cup to help you to give yourself nourishment oh um you know (laughs) that's great so much like actually so much oh, uh, and it's really taken it. me a long time to get here. Um, oh, I get, I get a massage uh, twice a month. Um, that's why I couldn't do it later in the day, girls, because Amazing. I needed <laughs> to take time it. for me. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so I love you and I'm glad we made this work, but like, you know, um, yeah, no, you have, you to know, five it. years ago, I'd have been like, okay, sure. I'll cancel my massage and right. I'll do this. No, you know, yes. didn't. Thank you. For um, I, I sleep is a huge priority. If you know, in my house, it's like mom o'clock. If mom is not in bed (laughs) between nine and 10, it's a problem. Um, I, you do sleep then you do sleep. I do. I do. And you know, maybe I'll read or something, but I'm like in bed between nine and 10 every night. Um, I, I make time to, to exercise, um, not every day, but I try to, Um, and you know, I've really learned how to say no to a lot of things, um, no to toxic people, um, um, no to like, I can't do every podcast or interview, but so So we are honored. Hello. Yes. I know so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, making choices that are sometimes hard, but that I know that I need my time to recoup okay. so that I can help my patients and be a good mom and be a good friend and wife. And, exactly. Yeah. And so saying the no without the guilt and actually knowing the why you're doing all this, right? Yeah, exactly. So awesome. So we love you so love much. Love it. <laughs> yeah. we'll keep on. So yeah, for those of you who are not following Dr. Shaheen, please do so. What is your handle on Instagram? Everywhere it's doc, it's at Dr. Laura Shaheen, okay. L-O-R-A-S-H-A-H-I-N-E. So that's right. that's Instagram, good. TikTok, yes. Facebook, Peloton. Uh, oh, sweet. Everywhere. I love it. Yep. <laughs> Join me for some rides. Okay, very cool. Yeah, nice. so we'll, we'll turn smule? everything in the, Yeah, we're, we're looking for more smule people. Music, yeah. To sing. Do you sing? Oh, oh, no, but... I could maybe do a tambourine in the background or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much. Gosh, like I could just talk to you for a while. I know, me too. I can't wait to see you live one of these days because Mm -hmm. gosh, with the state of the universe, we don't know when we'll be able to fly to the U.S. or I know. I know. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a wonderful opportunity. Oh my gosh. Thank you. We really want to thank you. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I I just want to add one more thing. I want to really thank you because I don't think I ever said this. When... You were spoke at the Integrated Fertility Symposium. I don't even remember how many years ago that was. Maybe four, three years ago. Yeah. And um, I stepped up to the mic to ask you a question. 
And I had no idea you knew who I was. Right? <laughs> when, and you just knew and you're like, I liked your book. And I'm like, whoa, awesome. That, that really freaked me out. And I just want to thank you for the acknowledgement mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, we, we write our books like that, not broken, like it's meaningful. We want, mm-hmm. we have purpose behind it because we want to help you navigate your life in a more empowered way with choice, with, with advice that is based on um, research. So mm-hmm. it's hearted and, you know, and that's what my book was on too, like providing that hope. So I really, really, it really touched my heart that you acknowledged it. So thank you. Mm, thanks, Mary. I really appreciate that. I love, um, you know, amplifying other people too. Amazing. That brings me joy. Yes. yes. I, and Us I see too. that. We see that women because empowering you, women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and men. And, and men. men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you Building actually, people up. You, you do mm-hmm. these book reviews and you show pictures of, mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. books. And I love that. So thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you, you for amplifying. You are awesome. Okay, guys, we could just keep on like, you know, making our bubbles going to get too big or something. We're going to keep talking. (laughs) So please, please like this podcast or yes, like this podcast or this YouTube video, depending on where you're watching and please share and um oh, well, subscribe and subscribe, subscribe for sure yes. mm-hmm. so and then we're saying this to you subscribe and comment and share like you know we want this rippling effect so that we can help and empower more women and we have to add men to it too we're yes, not gonna absolutely. just you know yes no discrimination no <laughs> <laughs> happy sunday but you know everyone's listening happy any day yes <laughs> thank you okay, thank bye-bye. you joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself, how are you going to embrace you first today? For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.